0: Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the Webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship aggression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. okay hi everyone and welcome to episode 23 of tiger pops today we're joined by molly and rebecca who have been on before but not together so let's uh have a welcome and a hi an introduction <laughs> hi
1: everybody hi. <laughs> go ahead rebecca thank you. thank you so i'm rebecca um and um yes it's the british voice again hello <laughs> um so uh i'm still 45 i'm still based in germany and um uh i haven't got anything new to add to my t- introduction today maybe i'll think of something in a minute <laughs> go molly
2: hello again i'm molly i'm 50 i'm in uh new hampshire i am amals jj on patreon and happy mm-hmm. to be back
0: awesome Whew. okay so i'm going to do a quick recap of what happened in episode 22 so in episode 22 poppy was driven by a really nice cabbie to, um, she was following Mr. Lamb and the cabbie helped her kind of cover for her and um, allow her to get out onto the street. And it ends with the cabbie pulling away but he feels like he's leaving her in a dangerous situation and we see him texting somebody. And we don't know who he texted but we do see um, at the end, Tora working out getting a text. Maybe connected, maybe not, we don't know. So, episode 23 opens up with Miracle, and we discussed in the last episode, which I don't remember if released or not yet. But anyway, but we did discuss the meaning of the word miracle. And yeah. um, but let's share your thoughts. What what are your thoughts about the club being named Miracle?
1: Mm, no, I mean you know to an extent. I think it just sounds like a standard uh, kind of you know up, upscale club name, right? I I feel like they usually have uh, you know uh what's the word aspirational names which right was under
2: what do you, you think? know the type of club that it is you sort you know is it you're going to experience a miracle of some sort
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now my head's flipped to 90s trance which right. was full of tracks called miracle oh my god <laughs> so true. well they they could well play something like that right right Plus, mm-hmm. cascada and all those things oh my god <laughs> i'm having a flashback here let's let's move on <laughs> yeah.
0: okay so here we see we see a guy and we see a little bit later it's claude bollemann clan lieutenant claude lang and he's sitting with a woman who we have seen before in a picture and we have um actually heard about her before through um mr punk who's disrespectful to his mother so he's sitting uh, with this, rab- arms wrapped around this woman and with pink hair. It's Candy. Drink with me, Candy, you promised. And Candy is like, uh, Actually, I'm not so into you. I'm into Torah. Not until you tell me where Torah is. And he's complaining. He only ever came here once. I didn't even get his number. Doesn't he want to see me again? And I thought something was interesting about Candy. Um, so I feel like Candy, obviously, she's dressed super slutty. She's, um, she's a stripper her she's wearing this tank top her breasts are hanging out she's wearing like a super short shorts like the booty kind of shorts but i actually feel like she's um she looks like a very innocent person the way that she's portrayed she's portrayed very like wide-eyed and doesn't she doesn't look like a particularly you know negative or a bad person at least not the way she's looking Mm -hmm. she just looks like this innocent person
1: right yeah i think she's just quite young right right i
2: mean unfortunately Um, probably typical of you know you know, somebody who is stripping for a living, I guess, you know, I don't want to, I'm not judging, but just young, probably a little naive and sort Mm -hmm. of, I mean, it's a lot of cash and you just kind of doing what they need to do.
0: Right. I remember we, uh, we used to live when we were in Memphis, one of the, one of our apartments was kind of like, not exactly across the street from a strip club, but almost like our, it was Whatever it was, like a half a block away from a strip club, basically, and never been to a strip club in my life, and I don't think my husband has either, and so I remember driving past it and seeing like these teenage girls getting off with like accompanied by their boyfriends, and I was, it looked like they were the strippers. I was like, what? But they're so young. I was like, they're babies. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I not be attracted to these babies? <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> but whatever. yeah,
2: I used to have a friend who her best friend was a stripper, and it was all about the money. I mean, she said the money was crazy good. And she wasn't shy about her body. And as long mm-hmm. as nobody touched her, she was, you know, and it just, you know, to each own, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I grew up in like a super, uh, you know, religious conservative culture where that, the idea of that was totally shocking. But I've become much more um, liberal. I don't mean like political liberal, but I mean like liberalizing, like letting people do whatever the heck they want, to kind of right. liberal <laughs> as I grew up. So now I'm like, yeah, whatever. If you want, mm-hmm. if you're okay with it, fine. Yeah. Anywho, so um, Cla- uh, Claude is like, give it up already. He only came because it was the big boss's um, 60th birthday party, which uh, I know Lily said it was a typo. It was supposed to be 50th. And and then he said, didn't you know, that effort doesn't give a shit about women. He's gay. Now, whether he really believes that or he's just trying to make Candy, you know, not be obsessed with Torah be important to him. Right. <laughs> not sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell at this point. I mean, you know, obviously it feeds into his interest here, so he could well be lying. Um, but I'm trying to think, have we had hints in this direction before? I have. I get the,
2: my own thought, I get the impression that Claude doesn't know Torah very well. Um, oh. because isn't Claude the guy that he almost put a cigarette out in his eye? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he had to, he even then at that point didn't know I shouldn't t- I shouldn't mess with Tora. Like he was not smart enough or didn't know enough about him to know he shouldn't go up to him and say, hey, you got to join the party and everything. I think any of the other guys that know Tora would know, just leave him alone. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't think he knows a lot about him, but whether he's saying this to get Andy off um of wanting to you know, hang out with Tora, that could be as well. Mm. It sounds like it was pretty um, uh, sought after, because isn't she, so she's the girl that, in the episode that I did the other podcast on, the guy that finds the disc.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: He wanted to go to, he was going to go to Candy's show, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember correctly. So well, she's in high and, demand as far as her attention
0: right mm-hmm. we also see a picture of candy now we realize it's candy um the picture that it inspector Lane has at the birthday party um you know with torah in the center with this pink lady you know talking to him excitedly when he's totally disinterested and not even looking at her that's candy right
1: yeah yeah so that, that i think is what she's referring to here as uh the the last time she saw him was was when that photo was taken that lane has right because mm-hmm. that
2: airy street was that huge party for Balthamans
1: birthday
0: party birthday yeah. bash that's right yeah yeah i know yeah so we're, we're Sorry, go ahead
1: we're, we're linking linking back to is it what episode five or something i think anyway the, the four, um four. four the one at the police station anyway um so that's kind of coming back around we're picking up the open threads from from that photo and lane and and all of those things now right
0: yeah, yeah lee is very everything like she said everything is connected <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, just noticed. So, um, Claude, for, besides the fact that he wears, um, you know, Chanel sunglasses, aka has enough money to afford them, or or steal them, uh, he's That's also so wearing it. a necklace with a ring on it, which is interesting because Tora has, you know, the, he was right. Interesting. Necklace. Yeah, I don't know Very if we're getting a for that, or it's just coincidental.
1: Yeah, I know that there was lots of speculation about it. Uh, oh. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Um, I mean, I certainly think that the uh, sunglasses. I mean, you know, it sort of comes across a bit, you know, affected wearing sunglasses at a club at night. But he's probably still got sore eyes from the right. cigarette <laughs> incident, right? So he's probably semi-justified in actually wearing them here.
0: <laughs> I remember I have a funny story. My uncle, so I grew up in New York City, and my uncle was on the subway and. Um, I think it was nighttime also, but it was on the subway. And there was this guy wearing sunglasses on the subway. And he asked him, why are you wearing sunglasses and some doors? He's like, when you're cool, the sun always shines on you.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's, the best <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anywho, um, Candy it looks a bit disappointed. She's like, excuse me? And then she gets angry. She's like, are you kidding me? That man is gay. Why didn't anyone tell me? And Then she says something very revealing about Torah, which I like, and probably everyone else likes. No wonder he never responded, even when I was touching him all over. Ugh, right. and he, that indicates a lot you know torah is not does not let women affect him if he's not interested in them, okay. and he is stoic and he's not his you know flame is not lit until it's the right person,
1: yeah, right, yeah. There was also um just looking back on um you know the discussion between readers um there was also a comment about the sort of gay speculation angle um which um if i I hope it's okay to quote somebody here from patreon uh, called Ali cap um says the gay speculation is so appropriate for men who would be in a male dominated organized crime association um so um uh you know it, it it I think when this was released we we widely saw it as you know a good sort of cover story um to prevent people from poking their noses into Tora's business um and I think that also relates to his not really responding to women 's advances either you know it it, it ties together logically but right. it's also it's it 's all in the service of keeping people out of his private business. Um, And so, you know, he seems to have a sort of work mode where he doesn't engage with anybody beyond the bare necessities. And that's certainly what we've seen in previous episodes. Um, You know, he will, uh, you know, shut people up. He will stop them talking about him and, you know, stop them speculating about what he's doing, what his motivations are and who he's interested in, because it's just completely, you know, a sort of shut off area for him.
2: I completely agree. I think that's such a good um, uh, insight into who he is, because everything he does is to protect uh, himself or somebody else um, that he cares about. And in protecting himself, I mean, there's things we know, some other vices that he doesn't participate in. um, And Smoking being the one thing that he does do that's sort of harmful, that is harmful, but again, it's his outlet for stress. But you think about the way he takes care of his body, he doesn't engage in promiscuous behavior. Like, I mean, you know, that's sort of the notorious thing about guys in the mob. I mean, they always have uh, mistresses and cubs, and, you know, it's just sort of that stereotype, which is probably true, <laughs> unfortunately. But I mean, just he completely separates himself from that lifestyle
0: no yeah and I think that's also why they assume he must be gay they're like well he's not having sex with tons of women so like what's the possible cause he must be gay
1: right right Mm
0: -hmm. a little bit of a narrow-minded approach but okay
1: (laughs) but it's also you know it seems plausible You know, Mm -hmm. certainly from the perspective of the other members who, uh, you know, indulge in whatever is offered to them by the looks of it Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, don't see any reason not to. You know, they've perhaps got women throwing themselves at them. They've got access to alcohol and maybe drugs and gambling. Mm And, you know, it's kind of like, well, why not? You know, who's going to stop us? Um, and they don't seem to have that other motivation that we see in in Torah. Um, you know, who has his own reasons for staying away from anything that, you know, as we were saying, means that he isn't protected, and that means he could lose control. Mm-hmm. Which um, yeah. also ties in with the sort of bodyguard idea. You know, right. those those would be your people that do keep in control of everything and would be frowned upon to, you know, be seen to be indulging in, in things because they're, they're supposed to provide security Correct. And, you know, mm-hmm. be the sensible adults in the room. <laughs> yeah. He gets to
2: watch everything. He, and we already know nothing. He misses nothing. I mean, he catches every little detail about everything going on around him. And that's yeah. that whole bodyguard training. I mean, he's, He's just we don't know enough yet about his training, but obviously he's had some high level training as a, as a bodyguard to just know surveillance and knowing your surroundings. Almost sort of that military training. You know, when you walk mm. around, the first thing you do is, you know, you look for exit. I mean, there's all these things and you just know he does all of that just by his you know background and history and what we've seen so far. He's he catches everything.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so Candy is upset that she wasted five minutes of her life chatting up this loser, Claude. She calls a a loser. And he walked away. Claude's upset. Where the eff are you going? You're supposed to be drinking with me. And then we see somebody sitting next to Claude. And he says, really? Tora's gay? Heh. Nice one. Um, I'm not sure if he's saying that because he's like, oh, really? Like, he's laughing that Tora's gay? Or I think he's, like, doesn't really believe it. And Claude's Mm. like, wow, that's what even his own men are saying. And he's like, what happened to your eye? And Claude gets upset, Torah happened, I swear to God, we're going to break his face someday. Claude's like, you're not serious. And he's like, you really don't want to, I know your family served under the body mess for generation, but you really don't want to mess with that guy. So, you know, another indication that, like, the balut is, like, a family affair. <laughs> Sad. Yes. And he's, he's trapped in it forever. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And then he's like, well, people keep telling me that, but why not? And... This person who we later find out is Xing Ma. He's the Baltimore clan financial advisor. And he's like, you ever seen him in a fight? Insanely fast and strong like some wild beast. And again, this is like comparing him to... um, Well, let's uh, talk about it in a second. So, you know, he shivers and he's like a wild beast. Don't remind me. And then he says something really really like, really piqued everybody. It might not even be a coincidence. If the rumors about how Master Master Ball even trained him are true, whatever the case, it's a wonder he's still alive. Shit, it's a wonder he's even still sane. And then you see this mm-hmm. really poignant frame of Torah and a white backdrop, completely dark. His hands are down on his knees. His head is in his hands. He's smoking. He's looking despondent and despairing. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is so heart tugging.
1: Nope. it really is. Nope. I'm just puzzling now that I'm looking at this, um, uh, picture in, in detail. His hair looks kind of shorter than we're used to, don't you <laughs> think? There's like quite a bit of hair it sticking does. up around the crown, so I wonder how old that is. Whether he was, at, you know, at that point growing out his hair
0: could be oh. i see also yeah. it's a you no know, lily revamped uh midday Poppyland, and this looks to me like it's in the older style ah, his faces right. he, well, maybe his hair was shorter there but it could be yeah could be, so
1: yeah hard to know it's a beautiful picture in any case i know uh, many of us uh instantly adopted it as the phone background so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: and it's just You know, we all we all wonder what happened to Torah. But whatever it was, like even you know, people who are within the clan who are used to violence say that his training was insane. And whether he's still alive and sane, that's it's like what kind of training did he go through that made him into a wild beast that barely survived?
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's
0: you know, Torah. Torah, honestly, it's been it's been effective. He views himself as I don't know. He hasn't mentioned yet. You know, viewing himself as a beast, but he definitely views himself as not worthy not worthy of love not worthy of redemption and it's just so sad
2: mm. i mean he called himself i mean even though he was joking you know a lethal weapon he you yeah. sees himself as a tool
0: <sighs> heart very and lord is not so uh sympathetic you know, not surprisingly, he doesn't <laughs> exactly have the most uh compassionate soul. He's like, Hey, whatever, man. Whatever training he received, he's still just a lowly bodyguard. And Xing Ma's like, lowly bodyguard? Do you really think someone of his caliber would be maybe a mere bodyguard? And so, you know, it's very interesting to see that, you know, that his perception the, by by an intelligent person, because Xing Ma does seem intelligent, right that he recognizes what he really is capable of.
1: Yeah. And also the, the contrast between the effort in, in training, the time spent on him and the seeming role that he holds.
2: Another thought I had is, so Xing Ma is the financial advisor for the group. Hmm. I mean, he must know how much everyone makes, uh, what their you know, value is to the organization, how much money they bring in. And so he probably knows a lot more about Torah even through financial than um, you know anyone else in the clan other than Baltham and himself, and we know that when he wanted Torah to look further into what was going on with it and this was just early on when I think like episode five or six, when he said, "I'll do it you know, if you give me more money," mm-hmm. and he said, "Sure, you know I mean, so there's we know Torah must be raking in a lot of money. Yeah. He be a Lily bodyguard as much as probably Torah is making.
1: Right. Right, yeah. So you're saying Shing Ma would know about the fact that even though his, his you know official title is bodyguard, his actual importance to the organization is quite different. Right. I
2: mean, I, I'm not saying, I don't think he does payroll. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he must know it's where the money, money goes. Financial, right? I mean, yeah, and, and I don't know financial advisor, but I mean, I am just thinking
1: that yeah.
2: criminal organization, it's not the as somebody who's managing your stock portfolio, so I think he probably knows a lot. I mean, the whole you know financial organized crime. It's basically you know what, how much cash can you bring into the organization, collecting and, and mm-hmm. all the different you know illegal activities involved in. And yeah, um, so um, and and Torah may not be be an earner like bringing in money, but he certainly is probably um.
0: He's probably done some enforcing, and he also is probably paid really well. Mm. Right, but sometimes you fade out a little bit. I don't know if it's um, if you're using headphones and moving away, or just moving away. From oh, the sorry. Soon. So, anyway, Ching says something interesting. He says our ranks are the same only because he's too damn lazy to climb higher. And to me, it's interesting, like that they he just can't fathom why anybody would want to remove themselves from the clan and not actually climb higher. Maybe Tora doesn't like being in the clan. Maybe he doesn't want to do more horrible things. right. What did he can't even imagine like an alternate reason?
1: Yeah <laughs> of
2: course not lucrative lifestyle you get to do pretty much whatever you want, and the police will leave you alone. And, you know, if you have no morals, whatever, but we know Tora is definitely not, um, doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. At least hmm. I think we think
0: that. <laughs> yeah, and I think also maybe it's possible, I mean, it's possible that they don't know everything that he does because right. we know a little bit later Tora does something very specific that is, shows that he's not just a bodyguard mm-hmm. and it's possible that that's kept hidden from everybody else. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then Ma says something, but more than that. And then he's the words are blurred out, and Claude is very, very um, shocked, and he says, mm-hmm. "Shit! What he's saying is he for real?" Well, that explains a lot, and we don't know what they said.
1: Dying to know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Still, you know, we haven't found out. Six months later, what? Tell us! Tell <laughs> us! <we> only saw- <laughs> He only says a few words when you look
2: at the yeah. So it's, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to just, you know, she's not going to write paragraphs out in each bubble, but is it really just a really simple, quick statement that sums it all up? Or, you know, is it just implied that the conversation was longer? I'm just dying to know, like, how do you say something in just a few bubbles that, like, shock somebody to that level? <laughs> What was
1: he yeah. tra- what was his training that it's that shocking? Well, yeah. I'm I'm now imagining that um what he could be saying is but more than that, he's actually lined up to take over the organizational words to that effect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I mean that's that's been a fan theory for some right. time. Um, uh, you know, having seen how Quincy's not mm-hmm. exactly like his father. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm you know, and uh, Vincent's obviously been on Tora's case for quite a long time, whether there's a really long term plan in play Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, either put Tora in charge outright or run, somebody called it something really interesting, like a, I don't know, it's secret king or you know a word like that, um, where there's a face of the organization, which is obviously going to be Quincy, but mm. there's actually a you know kind of like a hidden boss, which would right. then be Tora. And I find that theory plausible. I have to say,
2: that's a really good theory. Actually, I didn't. I don't think I remember that theory at all. But boy, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and while what else would you invest so much into? who we assume you know assume is just not just a bodyguard but you know somebody who's not um family well we don't know for sure tora's mm. parents and there's been a lot of speculation about that too. We don't know I, I don't think we know his last name. I don't no. think it's Falcon, but who knows.
0: Yeah, hey, I, I was just thinking the other day I wonder what's on his business card, Torah. Just Torah? <laughs> <Like, laughs> right. <laughs> didn't see it <laughs> yeah. so, now they're interrupted gentlemen which of course is ironic because they're not gentlemen mm-hmm. and you know it's Baltimore and Clan Lieutenant Shark and he's like mind if we join and it, he has Mr. Lamb with him well, that's cool. oh. sorry Mr. Lamb I don't trust your self-preservation instincts at all
1: <laughs> <laughs> No
2: no I, I, poor mr lamb <laughs> you wonder if he's ever been in a club like this before
0: <laughs> right. He,
1: he feel like line a, water.
0: Yeah. a little worried like you'll see he does his eyebrows are like furrowed up a little and he mm-hmm. has some pieces in his forehead so okay he's he's getting the read or the room and somebody says look it looks like it's go time for shark today i almost feel bad for the old dude think he knows what's going to happen to him he's kind of cute like Little, little like my grandpa, and they're saying all this, and they know it's going to happen to him, but they're not doing anything to stop this. You know, we we see this, um, and this is said on on the background of liquor, oh, uh, well, different alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not just liquor. But they're, you know, they're they're just sitting across from them, watching. You know, shark's execution is flawless, never misses the target. Good luck, grandpa. But they're not doing anything to stop this, which is. Little mm-hmm.
1: a little appalling to me. I'm a little well, disappointed in Shing Ma. Well, I wouldn't exactly stand in Shark's way if he were determined to, you know, do a thing. I, I think that might spell trouble. And mm-hmm. also I do wonder, I mean, I don't think that this kind of, you know, whatever scam he's trying to pull is exactly frowned upon uh, in, in the clan. You know, I sort of think that if they all know what's happening and they're all kind of going, oh, yeah, yeah, he's really good at this stuff and so on. It's kind of the sort of thing that they do, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So to them, it may be normal. The only exception being that, you know, Shark has a particularly, you know, sociopathic way of, of doing the scam, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's enjoying himself. You know, you see this wide grin. In the, in the shot while Mr. was looking at what looks like a menu. And then they're saying, too bad for the old man. If Shark's business trip today hadn't been canceled, he would have lived to see one more sunrise. So you, you know that Shima is saying he wants to kill him. And also, remember, we know, well, we'll find out a little later. You know, Tora waited two days to text Poppy, and he thought that he would, Shark would be out on a business trip. Right. Um, you see also Mr. Lamb, he's being approached here by this you know, woman with uh, uh, chatting him up, and he's putting his hands up to defend himself. He feels, looks very uncomfortable. He's probably like, why are you here? Get away from me.
1: <laughs> Maybe she's offering him a drink, and he's saying, no, 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 thank you, I don't want to.
0: Right. And Claude is a little bit um, naive or, or unaware of what's going on. He's like, what do you mean? They'll let him go once they get the ransom money, you know? So maybe what they usually maybe what most clan people members do is is just you know kidnap people and get them ransom money but yeah. she knows that shark is different he's like what makes you think about the money it's like what what is it about then right and then he's like let me ask you something and then there's a there's a panel of just splattered blood what do you feel about the crunch of bone and the stench of blood and you know he's claws looking and you know as sadistic as and maybe it's you know selfish or whatever it's Claude is with his Gucci sunglasses. on because I just noticed that. He doesn't seem excited by this, right? He he's a little like grossed out. And there's just watching, you know, shark being all happy. Mr. Lamb is just looking more uncomfortable by the minute, he's sweating. And Shingwa says to people like shark, it feels like pure bliss. Yep. Mm. I mean, this creepy smile from from Claude. Sorry, from Shark.
1: Again so
0: yeah, and okay. it looks like he really enjoys he really enjoys being an a horrible human being and torturing mm-hmm. people
2: and it's interesting because if this if the scam is to hold him ransom um clearly from day one he hasn't hidden his identity he's been hanging out with him he's been seen in public um he he doesn't care, and I think he doesn't um have any doubts that no one will come after him if he does this but I mean typically if you were to kidnap you know, kidnap somebody for ransom, you hide your identity because if you truly release the person you kidnapped, they could identify you. So, I mean, Mr. Lamb obviously has no idea, but it, I think it would be evident to anybody within the organization that because he's been blatantly like hanging out with them, that he's gonna kill him.
0: Right. And I actually wondered I was I wondered like if Mr. Lamb was so wealthy why isn't he like? I, I would feel like his disappearance would be a little bit more high profile, and like a I, I feel like he wouldn't be a good target unless you have like good planning or something. Um, but I don't know. That may just early be,
2: on. Early on, I thought his scam, the scam, was going to be some kind of um, like swindle. Get him to invest yeah. in something, some fake investment where he'd you know pour in. Millions of dollars or something, and then you know, somehow it all crumbles and he has no him, you know, something like that. Um, so when I read that, you know, I was a little shocked that this was the end goal, but again, it's just really, it's really shocked and goal. He just wants to kill people, he's obviously a psychopath,
1: yeah. And I think he also feels invulnerable, rightly mm-hmm. or wrongly. You know, I take your point that you know, if you were trying to hide your crime, you'd probably be. You know, you'd act differently, but I don't think he's—he's he's trying to hide. I think he's really mm-hmm. at the, at the point of not caring and believing that even if somebody from outside of the clan were onto him, that you know the clan would protect him, which is likely, I would say.
2: Right, and he brings him to Airy Street, which we've been told—you know—we've read before or before that the, the police don't go there. Right. So. Right. It's exactly. A perfect place to commit.
1: Yeah, and I think also that um, you know, Shark can rely on nobody in the clan ratting him out mm-hmm. or, because they're all scared of him and mm-hmm. would obviously never do that in a million years. Um so yeah, I think um I think the way that he's he's carrying this out sort of speaks to uh you know who he is as a person and also the role or the the status he has within the clan. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm i'm also noticing the you know mr mr lan refused the drink we have like the first panel he's like he's saying no and then he's like she's pushing it closer and he's pushing the uh, the cup away (laughs) next time actually she has it right at his mouth and she's Mm -hmm. totally disrespecting his his wishes as well yeah (laughs) poor mr
1: yeah i mean like you know i can almost hear her voice you know come on one drink you know Mm -hmm. have a drink with me all of this sort of thing Mm -hmm. um and I don't think he, he has any uh, uh any defense against uh, the womanly arts, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and um, you know, to, to uh, Claude's credit, he responds like with a very nauseated look to what Shing Ma said and to to Shark's creepy smile. So mm-hmm. maybe very blustery and in the clan, but he's not a psychopath at like Shark.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: Now, we he, they are interrupted. We have a big, hey, yell. And you see this guy, this young kid with the black and white, sorry, black and gray striped t-shirt, let go of my sister, you assholes. And that cuts out. I'm, I'm just wanting to know who his sister
2: is, because I don't think we learned that. Um, no. And I don't know if it's one of the
1: two girls sitting there, or just in general, but well yeah um, it looks like it's left open huh right well I guess I'll discuss
0: it a a, a bit later but I thought it was just a cover um based on Mm. based on what comes next but we'll get to that when we get to that episode
1: oh (laughs) I thought he was I thought he was self-motivated and was just also ah yeah okay to be left for (laughs) another episode have fun with that
0: (laughs) yeah I I actually this it didn't occur to me now that it could be both but okay, yeah, we'll discuss it. Yeah. So now we cut to what looks like a gem, and every fans have been very excited about this scene because we see Tora in a tank top, and his glorious muscles <laughs> are revealed, and yes, he looks amazing.
1: Yep, and uh, yeah, so the the um, panels open with a uh, sort of buzz, 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 uh, you know, phone vibrating noise. Um, so -hmm. we see he's picking up, oh God, it's Torah and technology again, isn't it? God, It's going to go so wrong. (laughs) No, he's picking up an earpiece, uh, and, uh, attempting to, um, pick up the phone with that. And so the person on the other end of the connection says, Hey, big bro. And so then the panel goes to Ronzo. Hello, little brother, (laughs) (laughs) who says he has some, uh, updates for torah
0: and he's sitting in what looks like a, a cinder block basement with a blue lighting and technology around him and it's <laughs> like you know that he's the tech guy for the clan and for torah yeah. also so it's like right. very typical, you know techie atmosphere Yeah, <laughs> That's so cute. and yeah torah put the airbase in so that he could keep um working out and you know um which is obviously very important because he not only has to fulfill his duties in the clan, he also has to fulfill his duties to the Midday Populand fandom. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Part of the fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I spy a yoga mat. Nobody look at the yoga mat.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he's uh, so Gaia tells him, "I've been keeping an eye on those leaked videos, like you told me to." And wait, which is what um. I think it might be what our was was talking about as well. And he said he managed mm-hmm. to, hack and to hack into one of the police department system files. And you've heard of Moby Suzuki, the famous politician, right? And was like, what about him? Right? While he's doing some um, thing, pushing up a weight bar?
1: Mm-hmm. Check presses. <laughs> presses, mm-hmm. thank you. Check presses, yep.
0: Yep. Um, yeah i used to go to the gym it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it has been a long time for me but i do dimly remember that that particular exercise <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and so guy tells him he was detained t- t- today after the cops received an anonymous tip-off and get this big bro it's not some make-believe evidence cooked up by arrival uh, apparently the cops paid a hefty sum to acquire it under table shit the person who sold them that video must be feeling rich now so we know who did that. It was pretty fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Mr. Rude, right? Mr. Rude to with mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> I love that <it>. he's <laughs> Mr. Rude. But now he's saying, what's the sudden interest in the leaked videos? Right. So he's asking Tora why. And Tora and his drinks, and he's like, it was a hunch. At one point Goliath was involved in Suzuki and they wouldn't put it past him to tape their interaction for blackmail material.
1: So, which we know is exactly what happened, because mm-hmm. Mr. Rude to Mother was clearing out Goliath's stuff, right? Correct. So that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So, I don't actually know whether Toro is simply fudging what he knows, given that we think that he was close with Goliath at one point, or whether he is simply making an educated guess here. I right. don't know. I, th- I think with Ronzo, he probably would say if he knew for sure, mm-hmm. wouldn't he? Because they think, trust each other, so I think it isn't just an educated guess, isn't it? I think they're very, I think they're very open and frank with each other about what's going
2: yeah. on.
0: Yeah, right. And you know, it just shows like that. Even Torah, who was close with Goliath, thinks that he's um, shrewd and
1: self-interested mm. that he would mm-hmm. do this. Mm. Yeah. So a player, as we know.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. And uh Gaiu asks, he's like, Goliath? Are you saying it's all related to Goliath in his notebook? And then Tora, I, th- I think you're right that he is being open because he's telling him now, like, what... It, this is a pretty big piece of information he's telling mm-hmm. him now. He said, There's a list of names on a piece of paper I found. I'm guessing it's a page that fell out of the notebook, and Suzuki is one of the names in there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's not hiding information from him.
2: Right, and no. he's, he's hidden that he has seen that page or has kind of an idea of where that notebook is with every- and so yeah. he is the only one he's told.
0: Right. He did tell her, it, it, sorry, tell him back in the locker room that he thinks that Poppy has the notebook or she's involved or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's telling him everything. And he's like, wait, you mean you got a piece of that notebook with you? So this notebook contains a list of incriminating evidence that could put likes like to zoom behind bars? And Torah doesn't respond. And he, he flashes back to when he found it, right? He says he found it hidden behind a a pile of research papers the words were smudged out with blood and dirt Mm -hmm. and you can see a few names including imobi suzuki so then he's you know he's thinking to himself and he seems to be totally ignoring gaio if goliath Mm -hmm. is missing somebody else is leaking the videos Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. and then you know more important the fact that he says more importantly which is you know just shows you how how much he cares about poppy he then thinks that he can't be the only one connecting the leaf videos to Goliath's notebook based on his past dealings with people like Suzuki. He's wondering who else knows. And he says, I'm one step ahead because I was, I was one who happened. But it's only a matter of time. And then he, he flashes back to this picture of Poppy looking completely distraught and innocent when she comes out of the bushes, like his first image of her. Mm-hmm. And it's only a matter of time before someone traces the notebook to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, and it makes you wonder if there's, there are people in Goliath's organization that know about this. Um, those two guys that Balthaman kills, that you know were breaking into one of Goliath's like hideouts, and Torah was there. You know, I, mm. I assume that those are super low level thugs hired by somebody in Goliath's clan. Mm.
0: Interesting, you, you think it would be part of Goliath's clan rather than an opposing clan, like a third one that we just don't know about? It could
2: be, I mean, that's that's possible too, but you, you would think that Goliath about that notebook with anybody but somebody he really trusted
0: mm-hmm. who may yeah. you
2: know m- m- you know who may now have has betrayed him
1: Possibly, mm. i don't know or it could be a- yeah i mean you know if we if you assume that goliath has vanished then mm-hmm. heaven knows what's happening in his clan right right i mean that could be all sorts if he was the if he'd made it to clan leader i'm not Sure I don't now. know. That that part, I well, don't he know. He made it like fairly high, uh, which means that if he's away,
0: then uh, there's
1: a power vacuum, right? Sorry.
0: Yeah, I was thinking he was doing well. That's uh, what he got up to.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly, it seems like he hid the video um, because it was a, with a mm-hmm. bunch of old stuff, and I think we speculated at the time that you know, he was keeping a sort of backup copy, mm-hmm. uh, secret from everybody, as you know, in case of problems type thing. So I wonder, I wonder right. about the notebook um, mm-hmm. and how widely its contents were known, even in his own clan. Mm-hmm. I could well imagine they were not.
2: That would, yeah, I I would agree. I would say it would be a very closely held secret, and mm. but somebody must know something because. I, you know, I don't know what those guys were specifically looking for when they were sneaking into his apartment. I, I'll have to reread the chapter. To it, but really? I don't think they say that they're looking for the notebook. Those two thugs, one of them. Yeah, that tried to I remember.
0: I don't think so either. Yeah. And I think even the yeah. interesting really thing about Goliath, the fact that he kept this notebook of separate things, and. You know, and kept it even hidden from his own clan that Goliath mm-hmm. was always self serving and always looking out for his own interests.
1: Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm.
0: you know, some people like the part of the clan that have like tremendous <clears throat> loyalty to the clan, mm-hmm. um, they're subservient to the clan's wishes, but Goliath was always a sole ranger out for
1: himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the impression I get as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm, I'm
0: curious how they're him and Torah. You know, had this relationship together because Torah strikes me as a guy who wouldn't be friends with someone who's so selfish and mm-hmm. who's not who's like a sleazeball. You know, so what what connected them? Why were they close? Is it you know we we speculate? Are they brothers? Are they cousins? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you are in a relationship with people who you don't particularly like, but you still love. You know that, correct? If, yeah, so right. What is that
1: And also, I think, you know, I I think family definitely fall under that category, Mm -hmm. but also sometimes childhood friends, Mm -hmm. especially if you take a, a protective role with them. Like, you know, for some reason, they've wound up your responsibility, you know, in sort of inverted commas. And, you know, or you have traumatic experiences together that just sort of bind you together. And even though. You don't approve of their ethics or methods or, you know, what, what they're choosing to do with their lives. You're still kind of stuck with them, you know, mm-hmm. even if they're not blood relations. Right. Especially and that. In the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that seems to be the kind of, you know, act one, scene one, episode one. That seems to be the kind of vibe that Taurus giving off in, mm-hmm. in regard to having to go and rescue Goliath. You know, like right. I'm stuck with this guy, even though, you know, dot, 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 he's done all these things, you know, nevertheless, I will go and, you know, make sure well, he's there's okay.
2: That. You wonder, I mean, obviously Goliath felt like Torah was the only one he could reach out to. Um,
1: yeah. And then
2: you wonder, has there just been this relationship? I kind of feel the same way you do, Rebecca, that he, um, there was probably a childhood I mean, obviously he had a horrible childhood and you wonder, mm. did he go through that with Goliath? And so you yeah. bond over this childhood trauma, but then is Goliath the one that Coral was always protecting, always pulling out of a tight situation, rescuing? And you yeah. just get into this habit of always saving the troublemaker. And yeah. you, you wonder, you know, and you... So there's a love hate there. Um, yeah. And he you know, he, he went and he went to try to rescue him again um in that first mm. episode. So yeah. there's clearly a connection there and, and I, I I like the childhood friend thing. They do look similar, but I just I just have this feeling that Tora doesn't have any family. Mm-hmm my blood family. Um, I just get that impression. Yeah. Well, I could well be a, a, a relative. But...
0: Well, we're definitely going to find out more about the last tea scene.
1: We must. We cannot stand it any other way.
0: Right. Laura <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, is so focused on thinking about Poppy that he's he's toned out value. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see like it's fading in again big bro big bro and then um big bro finally like he's back in reality guy was trying to get his attention he's like can you come back to earth for a second there's more important things i got to tell you about that chick and, you know torah automatically responds her name is poppy lat which is like so sweet he's like uh mm-hmm. she's not just a chick bro she's from poppy lat <laughs> <laughs> which is funny also because he, you know, to her face, he, he teases her and he calls her Bobby and sweetheart or whatever. But when, you know, when it comes down to it, in reality, like he really actually does respect her and think mm-hmm. of her as like a full legit name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even when he's like zoned out, he just instinctively says it. So um, guy is like, huh? And then he's like, never mind. What is it? And he's like, remember, I told you that sharks out of town today. And then Torah, like suddenly his, you know, his face pops up and he's, his eyes like, furrow and his eyes wide in he's like well he is isn't he that's the whole reason i waited two days to tell the old man's location because knowing her and this is smart like he's thinking mm-hmm. he understands poppy right away which is mm-hmm. pretty. Tora is a good emotional reader because knowing her there's no way in hell she isn't going after the old man on her own but at least she won't, won't run into shark by accident if he's away hmm
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <He's, sighs>
1: schemes uh, within <laughs> schemes here, yeah. right? Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> and then he tells them, "Well, turns out he's not. His flight got canceled, so he went to see that Mr. Lamb guy at his hotel. Be- had his hotel instead. And right away, you know, Torah there's this like this, bursting symbol. And Torah steps towards his phone, and he just clicks it. And the, you know, Guy says the three of them are headed for Arrow Street a few hours ago. He immediately hangs up the phone and." calls somebody we're guessing it's poppy it's ring 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 he's letting it ring he's letting it ring he's looking very distressed he's like come on go down pick up your phone and yeah. we hear a click and he says torah mm. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. no. so you guys
0: think of this episode I like this episode a lot. Do we ever not like um, an episode? <laughs> the,
2: well, this is true. <laughs> this is true. I have not not liked one yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I just like when you get more about Torah's background, any any kind of information you can get that you didn't know before, plus about the whole organization. Um, I I just find that very interesting. The the mystery.
0: <clears throat> okay, sorry, Molly you faded out at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was
2: just saying, I love the mystery
1: part and the
0: um, learning
2: more about the organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I picked up a, another couple of things I wanted to bring up from fan discussions. One mm-hmm. um, point made by somebody called Annie was uh, funny how we barely saw Vincent, but he has such a great presence in a lot of chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is an excellent point. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of overshadowing just about all of the clan business, uh, even though he's not present in you know in the in the panels. Um, which I think is, you know, as a storytelling device is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's extremely well done. And uh the other thing which was a, a point Emily made, which is uh about that last little bit of um Tora's conversation with you, um, Mm -hmm. and, um, how Tora corrects him. I mean, you know, he just about sort of chops off the end of the name because, uh, I don't know whether he, whether he's meant to know her name yet. Mm. I can't remember whether that's been revealed anyway. Um, but the point Emily makes is that, um, names have significance and power when you name something or acknowledge someone's name, you're realizing that that person's meaning to you. Um, you relate to them. So uh, Poppy has moved on from just being just some girl to being a real person in Tora's eyes. So it's really interesting that the uh, episode ends on that particular, um, you know, emotional quality of, uh, you know, connection and naming and, mm-hmm. you know, respect, I suppose, to, you know, where we've, where we've, in the earlier part of the, um, of the episodes, there was, um, you know, Lamb, for example, doesn't receive much respect from the clan members. Uh, Candy doesn't receive any respect. She's kind of dismissed and fobbed off with suppositions or lies mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you know, we haven't seen people treat each other with, with respect very much so far. Um, you know even in in including in previous episodes, mm-hmm. and so now this sort of insistence on she has a name uh you know she has a full name that isn't abbreviated or nicknamed or or whatever um you know it points to something significant in on in on the emotional level I think I think it's also interesting too because he
2: he asked you to you know when he sent the picture and everything to do a background you know find out who she was. And I think um, he cut him off because I think he was probably going to tell him a lot more about her. Uh, You know, there's important thing I got to tell you about this chick. And then he starts to give the, give the information, her name's popular and then he gets cut off. And I almost feel like Tora doesn't want to know Mm -hmm. because at this point, the more he invests with her, the harder it will be to separate and, or whatever he has to do to protect her. And it's almost like he doesn't want to know more because he doesn't want to tip over the edge and, Mm -hmm. you know, become more involved with her. He wants to just, where's the notebook. And I'm not saying there's not an emotional or romantic sort of thing happening yet, but just, I think he Needs to protect her and keep her safe, and the less he really knows about her, the better. Um, in his mind,
1: yeah, I think your point stands. Although, I um, I do want to point out that uh, it's Tora who's saying her name's Populan and not uh, not Ronzo, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, it's, okay, I got the, you. The, the panels on on Ronzo, they're right? About it, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yes, it yes, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Um so uh you know it's tora who's stopping himself from saying more about her but i think you know i right. definitely agree with your your overall point that Sorry, um I, you know I he's he's was on the wrong was on <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but yeah i mean you know he uh, you know for as open that he's been with ronzo um uh, you know discussing goliath's doings uh you know he very clearly and and it's not the first time but he very clearly doesn't want to discuss poppy in detail mm even with Ronzo and mm-hmm. so I think you're absolutely right that um, you know if if he could stop thinking about her that would be just fine from his mm-hmm. perspective um, because it'd be a lot safer for her all round. but you know right. clearly he cannot mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that sucks yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. whether She's
1: he on his brain all the time
0: <laughs> yep
2: whether yeah. he's fully aware he's thinking about her a lot
1: yeah, She's better
0: and very protective of her, which is yeah, heartening and endearing. You know, unlike Shark, he has a soul. Right,
1: right. right. That's the other uh, contrast that we're seeing in in this episode uh, between how you know one how people are treated, as I was saying before, but also um, you know how um, you know people's characters and ethics and and these kinds of factors. We're we're getting a little glimpse into.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: we're establishing pretty clearly
2: where people stand Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well thank you so so much um, Molly and Rebecca for coming on and for this amazing analysis and wonderful introspection thanks so much
1: thank you thank you for hosting us Yep, our pleasure I'll catch you later take care
2: bye bye bye